Yes, yes, yes. Let's see, how's that level? <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Hey, it's Bug Out Square. I'm um, uh, I'm not sure if I can yell or what, but uh, I kind of feel like yelling. I do. Um, oh, I don't know. So, how are you doing? It's um. It's interesting, um, so if you're listening to this uh, um, in the future, um, how's, it go <laughs> how's it going? Is it, did, 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 we, uh, did we pull out all right? So uh, yeah, we got this, uh, this thing that's um, uh, confining us to our living quarters. Um, yeah, and so a lot of people are spending uh, a lot of time inside. Um, I've got a little pan of, Bleach water out there. 
I step in uh, before in, got to take my, uh, got my outdoor clothes. Um, I got two sets of outdoor clothes. I got my, um, I got my work clothes that, that are, uh, that are also outside clothes. And then I got, you know, I'm like my stepping out, uh, outside clothes, which are just, you know, like, uh, clean. Um, so yeah, we do do that. Um, uh, but there's been a lot, um, you know, uh, I mean, it, I, um, I can s right now I'm still working cause I provide a, uh, an essential, uh, thing and I don't come in contact with anybody and I work outside. So, um, I'm still for the time being, um, but, um, still spending a lot of time inside. And, um, so I'm thinking it's like, yeah, uh, all right. Um, the money thing, that's, that's the, that's the huge one. Um, so, uh, so far so good. Um, if you're struggling, man, uh, that's, got to help one another right and hopefully we got if uh, it, it's like if everybody <laughs> if it you know it's just like okay um the rent and then it's the landlord to the mortgage to the bank to the bigger bank to the biggest bank right and then so if the biggest bank just says okay let's just relax let's just relax here and, and get through this and then we'll we can do it because everybody's making <laughs> all those guys are making money so just relax and uh, yeah but in the meantime uh, clean you know wash your hands that shit works it's uh, um, my mom was a nurse and uh, she told me you know was always get the green soap if they make that stuff anymore it was green i don't know what it had in it it was it was wicked though you could just you, you could hear the germs like screaming when you would wash with that stuff i don't know what was in it, it was like chlorophyll and you know alcohol and i don't know lye <laughs> i don't know what the hell was in that stuff but it was and it smelled kind of good too that very medicinal green soap but it was like whenever that stuff came out you know it was always like there's like gash or something so yeah anyway so yeah cleaning cleaning right um so what that means is uh, i'm gonna be doing the show from the home studio for um for a while um it seems so far so good with the the technology i was worried about getting some uh um, things uh, software that works on my ancient computer i'm running el capitan which apparently is is a extremely old version of uh, of uh, the uh, Apple product, but um, my kid helped me. He's uh, fairly proficient at that kind of thing, um, and got me going on an old ass <laughs> version of uh, of uh, Audacity, and then uh, yeah, and then some accompanying software that was um, giving me a problem, but. Um, all seems to be sorted now. Uh, I've got, if I sound different, because I'm on like a really nice microphone versus a uh, uh, 58, which I kind of miss. So um, next time I'm going to get some, a, uh, so a hand, more of a handheld mic. This thing's in a stand and it's got a pop filter and stuff. But um, so 
so yeah so we're working on it um it's um what is it it's like week four of lent you know it's like of all the time to go through this everybody's just buying there's like grocery carts full of liquor flying out of the stores and and uh yeah and i'm abstaining but that's cool um uh people say that i look better <laughs> since i've been but i don't know i, I didn't think i I drank that much too that it would affect my appearance, but um, you know, uh, I think they were just joking. <laughs> but I don't know. I feel good. I feel good. Um, yeah, I mean, I do. I, I um, so far, um, staying away. I got you know old friends, so I'm trying to keep my distance. But God, man, I want to like get in. You know, it's like, uh, but I can't. Can't go inside. some old folks trying to um, in our family that are going bonkers but um, we'll, we'll we'll get through this um, yeah so this is bug house square it's a uh, mutiny radio as well on the corner of 21st in, in Florida in the beautiful mission where it's always flat and sometimes sunny and it it's uh, it's dark there and the uh, the things are art. I think I, I know there's still stuff going on. Uh, people are still going in there, and that's cool. Probably if I was uh, if I was single and young, I'd I'd be going in there um, and safely. You know, I'm not saying I was gonna like sneer on everything. And <coughs> no, 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 not at all. So um, uh, yeah, there's so th I don't think there's anybody there now. There better not be. Um, and. Uh, well, no, it's Monday. <laughs> so, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm taping this on Monday. So what I do is I'm going to get this together, um, download it, and then Pam will upload it onto the website. It's like magic. Um, let me grab these records, and we'll, we'll talk. <coughs> okay, that was um, – oh, that was a good one, too. Um, oh, Lust for Life, yeah, that was uh, uh, Iggy Pop from the Lust for Life uh, record. Um, before that was uh, Rolling Stone, Sympathy for the Devil. Um, before that, The Doors, Strange Days. Then it was Robert Fripp, um, Exposure, doing, uh, that was uh, Peter Gabriel, uh, Here Come the Flood. Here come the flood. Uh, we had uh, the um, Jefferson Airplane, Volunteers, Gang of Four, Great Men, um, uh, from the Green Record, R.E.M. doing uh, World Leader Pretend. Yeah, that one's dedicated. Um, Frank Zappa and the Mothers, uh, Hungry Freaks, um, Led Zeppelin, um, song remains the same. Sorry about that Bauhaus thing. I miss that. We got the, these beastly turntables at the station, and it'll, it'll plow through that. But uh, my turntable here won't, can't handle it. This is a, it's a 45, and it's got a little bit of warp in it, and it's got this, and it just becomes airborne. I don't know. The one at the station uh, handles it better. Uh, talking Heads. Uh, we did uh, This Must Be the Place off the um, Speaking in Tongues record. Patsy Cline, we had in there uh, I Fall to Pieces. 
David Bowie from the Latin Sane doing the title track. Blind Faith, we did um, Sea of Joy. And we started out with the Beatles. Um, All You Need Is Love. Um, yeah, uh, well, I don't know. Uh, I like a good, I, I like to start with truth. Um, let us be truthful, then let us fall in love. Um, uh, the upper, um, a segment we do here, and ho- hopefully I'm going to have to do a little jockeying around with this thing, is a segment called Rise from the Basement, because it's no lie in the basement, we're miles apart. And what it is, it's um, home recorded, any style, any genre. just has to be recorded where you live, where you sleep, where you exist, where you are um, hunkering down, as they say. So um, I solicit you know, people, and they send me links to their music. And um, so... Let me, I, I done talked this out, but I think I turned my slacks down. Oh, excellent. I do have slacks. So I turn that, hit that twice, secret code. Shh, shh, damn it. Oh, fuck. All right. Don't tell them again. All right. All right, we're on. Um, this is Libra Enigma. So L-I-B-R-A, Libra Enigma, E-N-I-G-M-A. Um, she is from... Bio. I can go back. Let's see. Um, hold on. I, I have the. <laughs> I have the capacity. Um, uh, maybe I don't know because she gets her her. That's Libra Enigma. Is her like her? That's her name. You know, working name. Um, so let's leave it at that. Uh, she's from Cincinnati. And we're gonna do the most recent. Um, one month old. That's just how fresh this is. One month. Um, and this is called Past Version. Um, hold on, I gotta do a couple of things. Okay, let's see how this works. Um, Past Version, Libra Enigma. Touching that. Got the pause button and the dots are going in a linear fashion. Not sure my levels, my gain structure.
Hey, that's uh, <laughs> that was Roy Orbison, um, uh, Dream Baby. That's what it is. We're going back to the basement. This is, uh, hold on a minute. I'll tell you exactly who this is. Uh, this is the Harvey Harvey Roberts band. So, um, um, I have to I have to do this so I can read it and to say, uh, yeah, the Harvey Harvey Roberts band uh, song is called Water Hammer. And uh, let's see if I can tell you a little bit about this uh, this band. I'm going to go uh, to the original one, um, uh, Harvey Roberts Band, uh, for our listening pleasure. Um, let's uh, let's uh, hold on. Let me get back to that. Um, get that turned up. All right, this should work. I think everything is in its place. Um, the Pause button comes, the dots in a linear fashion, always good. Those little echoes, bumps in the nights, just the contraction of the stuff in the pipes, in the silky silence it becomes amplified. The coefficient of thermal expansion The creaks and cracks as the house falls asleep Merely the music as the stresses release The everyday noises that can't be perceived In the hustle and bustle of daytime 
Just a water hammer, a tick or a tap. Peaceful invitation to nap. More than a As they shift, makes that sound as they move on the joist, swollen by the fact that they're moist. Now that you know it, you can finally rejoice. There is nothing out there to seize you. That's just the water hammer. Tap. Peaceful invitation to nap. More than a whisper. Less than a snap. There are no goblins under the bed. There are no gnomes in the garden. It's just a figment, a thought in your head. That's why I'm begging your pardon. You can't explain human condition. There's nothing that you can do. Ignore your sneaking suspicion. There is nothing out there to get you. That's just the water hammer, a tick or a tap. Peaceful invitation to nap. More than a whisper, less than a snap.
Yeah, that's George Harrison um, uh, doing All Things Must Pass, you know, so like, uh, yeah, like, uh, you know, um, we're going back to the basement. Um, it, it, uh, this, this is uh, uh, the old Overholt, uh, O-V-E-R-H-O-L-T. Um, this is uh, Patrick uh, Carrico. Um, old Overholt. Look for that though on on SoundCloud if you dig this. He's from Portland, United States. Um, I, my missing teeth and shakes prove I done all the things they say. Um, this song's called Footloose, Baked Bread, and it uh, it goes like this. I'm touching that. Pause button. We got that turned to where it should be. Here we go. Son, not you. 
pocket iPhone going to work. You just slummed a little bit and loaded this shit and thought, eh, I know Patrick, I'm going to listen to whatever crap he's putting out right now. Or maybe I'm blaring some tiny little shit speakers on your laptop. But you and me right here, right now together. And I drink to you and our friendship. And there's just one piece of advice I want to give you. Yeah, that's um, that's um, Paul Simon. Um, actually, I think that's uh, Simon and Garfunkel too. But um, <laughs> so uh, what better time for me to play something after the, the one of the greatest uh, you know acoustic guitar players ever.
Quite peculiar in a fun that sort of way. They think it's very funny, everything I say. Get a lot of him, he's so insane. You better get your coat, dear. It looks like rain. We'll come again next Thursday afternoon.
But long as there are stars above you, you never need to doubt it. I'll make you so sure about it. God only knows what I'd be without you. If you should ever leave me, though life would still go on, believe me, the world could show nothing to me. So what good would living do me? God only knows what I'd be without you.
Defenseman Bugout Square. Thanks for doing what you got to do to do. And, uh, you know, we're going to do this again.
You're listening to MutinyRadio.fm, and it is time for another interview about Hermit Gods and stuff like that. Oh, some call me Tim. All right, I am joined today by Jennifer. That's Jennifer Louise Garcia here in the house, in the hizzy, on Some Call Me Tim. I usually have you look deep into the eyes of Sparkle Jesus behind you. And the first question I ask is, do you believe in Jesus? He was a guy. He was a guy. Yeah. All right. Not son of God. He was a guy. I mean, the real question is, did he really rise on the the third day? Right? Well, I mean. So you believe he was a guy. He, he existed. He's a guy who A existed. source of inspiration for so many. And, right? and he was a real guy. Yeah. But you don't think that, like, he was imbued with magic powers as a guy and that uh, he did a bunch of miracles? Miracles? You believe in miracles? I, I do believe in miracles. All right. I'm not sure water into wine miracles, okay. but you know. <laughs> yeah. But I try to keep an open mind. All right. So... Jesus was a guy, not necessarily imbued with magical powers, but definitely was a good speaker, wrote some things, said some cool stuff. I would agree with that. All right. I'm not against them. Definitely okay, not. Cool. Yeah, Jesus was a cool guy. I have a cross tattoo on me. I used to believe really hard in Jesus, like no, for real dudes. I, I hear that you're very knowledgeable. <laughs> I went to Christian school for like kindergarten through eighth grade, and then in high school I was a summer camp counselor and I was all about you know like Jesus and prayer and saying songs to God and all that stuff so yeah I've, I've got a lot of biblical knowledge I was saved at one time in my early 20s all right. just what they say is once saved always saved Absolutely. but that again is up for debate uh, what uh, I, yeah, d- I so you fully intend on burning in hell it's so fine. You, but you but you've asked the Lord Jesus Christ to be in your heart and keep you safe from hell at one point yes all right yeah. Um, twinsies. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was married to someone who was raised in the church and extremely knowledgeable about theology. And um, he was very manipulative. So manipulative that I had to tell myself as I got a divorce that, sorry, Lord, I'm going to hell and yeah. I'm okay with it. And because there's tons of manipulation, um, like spiritual abuse, I guess. To the point where I was an anti-theist for 10 years. Uh, I was going to say spiritual abuse. Mm-hmm. So were you told that you aren't good enough because yeah, that the you people aren't that I loved, hard enough? Yeah, the people that I loved were going to burn in hell. Ooh. Um, because they hadn't accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Right. And just like most abusers, they try to isolate you to gain control. Oh. So it's kind of like don't walk into in the world, you know, kind of. There's parts of the Bible he could pick and choose from. How long were you married for? Four years, seven months. Wow. Two days. <laughs> you got it down, girl. <laughs> I was married two days. Yeah, it was, it's uh, you know, <laughs> but special. But um, do, do you see any positive affects from that time that you spent deep in religion? No. I mean, not. I I feel like it was a part of my journey, mm-hmm. and it was important to see how the other half lived, I guess. Uh-huh. You know? You have to be deep in a 
were you like uh, what was the particular sect of Christianity that you? Oh, were Calvary from? Chapel. So it was a fundamental oh. Christian, and it was a big church. Uh, it had started out small. Um, the pastor was a biker at one point, and it was a small little church when I joined. But right when I joined, like I would say three months later, they um, had a huge change, and it was just a massive church all of a sudden. Because huh. yeah. I've heard of St. Calvary. Oh, yes, they're everywhere. So it's like a... Um, I, I try not to say, oh, they're perfect, but I have personal fact. But there are, I mean, criminal minds, you know, can be found at church. Absolutely. Every church. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess if you look at the cross-section of all people, they're that cross-section is still going to exist in whatever group that you subscribe to. And they might be reformed, you know, we don't know. But yeah, for 10 years following, I was divorced in 2007 and 10 Ooh. years. Yeah. July. Uh, June. No, uh, end of, it was actually, the I left him at the very end of May, because our, right, actually right before our seventh year wedding anniversary is where, I, when I jumped ship. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't Christian, though. He was just, uh, person. a person. <laughs> but we both were raised really religiously, so. Yeah. It was hard to think of divorce, because I was like, my parents are still married, and his parents were married forever till his father died, so like having those patterns in front of us and then not being able to sort of follow through on them, I felt a large, there was a large guilt there for a while. And it wasn't that, and people are like, later after, they'd be like, he's like, you, he accused me through other people of cheating on him. I was like, I never cheated on him. I never did, I wasn't my thing. Like I, I disappear before I'm going to do that, you know? Because I don't want to feel that sort of guilty thing. Although, there's a weird thing in the Bible where it says if you've lusted in your heart and you've already done it, which I feel like is a really fun way to let Christians cheat. Because if you've already lusted in your heart and you've already committed the sin, then you might as well do the act. Well, you might as well. You might as well because you already, you already <laughs> sinned against God. <laughs> you're going to ask for forgiveness anyway. So you might as well just do the whole deed. Right. Why just lust in your heart? Why not just really lust? Well, it's really interesting. It's like someone was calling, telling me about Carl Jung's Jung's uh, philosophy of the shadow self, and um, because I haven't read much of him, I I don't want to muck it up. But what I will say is, what I took from the com- from this really great conversation is that a lot of people were raised with these values, and when when in our adult life, whether under the influence or not, we make decisions and become mistakes. Um, under the influence of what? Anything. Drugs. Oh, okay. I was going to say, like Jesus? Yeah. yeah. Drugs, alcohol, or Jesus. Jesus. Uh, you know, um, no, not Jesus, but really those decisions you make that you regret in the morning. Right. Oh, I hooked up with so-and-so. I regret that. I was drunk. Or, hey, um, you know, I'm I'm shouting out my b- abortion, not whatever. <laughs> yeah, I said not tonight. Okay. <laughs> what I will say is, like, what if people just entertain the idea that some of these decisions you might forgive yourself and actually would have made, and it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's kind of like having like a whole, like a more rounded approach to who you are instead of trying so hard to maintain that you're a whole good person. Right, right. Um, just give yourself that space to explore uh, other 
decisions that aren't um, as conventional and approved by our society. Well, and back to abortion. Like, every abortion I've had, I consider a good thing. If I had, so if I had a 20, let's see, I had an abortion in 1995. So uh, I would have a 24-year-old child right now. Mm -hmm. If I would have had that baby, I would have a 24-year-old. Okay, no, that's a problem. And there was, I would, if I, had, if I hadn't had my second abortion, I would have a, a six-year-old right now. And I don't think that would be good either. I don't think <laughs> that I would, I don't think that I've been in a place to be an effective and non-evil mom. I don't think so. anyone is, no. <laughs> <laughs> you but know. like when people, when people who are from a really religious background say, oh, you've had an abortion, you're, that's evil, you're a sinner. It's like, not really, because in, from my perspective, if I would have gone through with those pregnancies, that would have been more of an evil act. Right. And, 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 and that's your total uh, right to decide that. And, but it's a process probably, very internal, right? Yes, yes. And, and so back in those days, not everyone was having other abortions, which I actually think is really great and empowering and important. But yeah, I think there's this idea that people have to make good decisions all the time and just disavow any decision that might seem bad or yeah. different. And um, you know, it's worth considering that there's a part of yourself, just like myself earlier, where I could be getting this all wrong. But in the context of this conversation, I had planned. Um, it, it was okay to entertain ideas um, and decisions are a part of you that might not be the best. Like, I'm an asshole sometimes. Yeah, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Like, I people don't I believe realize that, but... I realized that. I stopped drinking for a good amount of time, and it was so strange, because I expected to have all of these sort of different choices and feelings in front of me, and I just... I didn't. I'm the same person. And I still do and say stupid, embarrassing <laughs> things, but now I remember it. Like, I remember <laughs> all of it. So I'm having to take more responsibility for my choices as opposed to what I was doing in the past, which was like, well, if I don't remember it, it didn't really happen, did it? Right. Because I don't remember. So I wouldn't necessarily feel guilt or shame over choices because I didn't remember them anyway. Yeah. And then I'd sort of write it off like, oh, whatever. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. I was drunk. But I learned in my sobriety that even when I those choices – have affected me in other ways because other people are seeing those choices and they remember them. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, that's certainly like part of identity is like how other people see us. Yeah. But I also think it's super important to forgive yourself and really not give a shit. Right. Yeah. Most times. And alcohol makes me not give a shit. But now I'm, I'm doing better to back off of it because having a little sobriety makes me realize, wow, I feel so much. That's great. Yeah. But I, and I miss it. I drank a little bit this week because I allowed myself to. And I, it wasn't as fun as I remember it. Aww. So I don't know. I don't know. You're don't doing know. it wrong. No. I'm doing it wrong. I'm, <laughs> I'm, doing it wrong. I'm a negative one. No, no, no. I don't no. know. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. It just says. I, I mean, I'll see when I decide, if I decide to really 
to, to go for it. But it'll have to be on a night where there's no comedy and it's just drinking and dancing and stuff like that. But then I'm like, well, why do I want to do that? Why do I need to feel that feeling of like, I'm disappointing? Like, like what's behind that? Right. Well, I mean, it's also important to like discover yourself, right? And so I think um, I was seven years sober. Wow. No sex, no baby, sober. Wow. Yeah. I was thinking about going celibate right now, actually. I was thinking about doing yeah. that for a little bit. <laughs> oh, my God. I know. No, well, I just, it's a thing where. It's like a cleanse. I, yeah, I don't. <laughs> exactly. It's like a cleanse. And I don't feel like I, I don't want to feel the need of feeling like I have to be with someone else in order to be complete. Absolutely. I so wholeheartedly because I think that um, especially I'm still trying to find my way on that because I just feel like I can genuinely love people better outside of relationships I and agree it's with more that important to me. I think the hardest thing for me to um, especially around Valentine's Day this year uh, come to terms with is well I love all these people and one day they're going to like meet someone and then be this like traditional bye off into the sunset yeah. where they're not really happy to know <laughs> 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 you know um, but you know it's it's not every uh, relationship that involves sex is are the important ones in fact it's quite the opposite for me so that was that those seven years were super important because I was able to look back at them and I was really able to have like an anchoring point in my well, and it's good, I mean, it's one of those things, too, where when you're in a relationship, and especially as a woman, people always bring up the fact that it lasts, like, 10 years. So, when I when I was married, or when I, I've, 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 I've been in a, another relationship for seven years, and so people think, oh, you know, you're just young on that. But, well, I don't know what they think. It doesn't matter. But, uh, it does, it doesn't. But whenever anybody comes up to me, it's usually, like, the second sentence out of their mouth. How's your boyfriend? Or it used to be, how's your husband? Like, so it isn't about, so like every relationship that I've had, I've sort of been identified through that relationship. Like, that's a, it becomes a huge part of my identity is that relationship. And other people view me as that relationship rather than as myself. And it can be so powerful and overwhelming. And what I feel is like at first, um, having a sweet period of uh, you know fling and you like a free spirit and that's why people fall for you but then they really can't help but put you into a box just by nature of like people being like isn't this one of your ex-husbands right <laughs> right, right. that happened to my really ex-husband yeah. I was a very free spirit and we were together for a long time and when he started like hating all the things I did like he'd be like why do you go out and sing karaoke all the time and I was like because I need stage time like I, I need just to need be the center of attention hello the yeah. mic in my hand yes yeah get your fix exactly and that was before I did comedy so my ex-husband would not have liked me doing comedy at all he would have if he didn't like me singing karaoke certainly wasn't gonna like the comedy so I kind of got out of that at some point but actually when I started imagining him dying like, I was <laughs> having fantasies about him dying, Aww. like, going off of 
and I was like, oh, this would make my life so much easier if Peter just wasn't around anymore. And then when I started having those thoughts, I was like, I need to leave this guy. It's I time. can do that. <laughs> like, and it just needed to happen. And he looked back, and now he's married again and has two beautiful children, and I was never going to have kids for him. And it's, he says that me leaving him was the best thing that ever happened for both of us. And I 100% agree with that. And at the time, it probably didn't feel yes, like that at, at all. At the time, it was really hard for both of us. Mm-hmm. It was hard for me because I, I left um, a lot of money. I left a house that we owned and we left a house that was a wealthy man. And I, I was like, you know what? And that was the thing that made me stay in the relationship probably the extra year was. I was like, I can't live without him. I can't afford to live without him. And then I was like, once me and my husband start to settle, it's going to be okay. It might be overdue. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's the thing about being comfortable. I have a theory about being comfortable. On occasion, I imagine, or I like to think that one day I'll be able to fantasize about having my own home and owning a couple of cats. Um, Yay, cats. Um, But... I really believe, like, the greatest growth you can give yourself is when you're in the midst of chaos. Oh. When you embrace that chaos and you you breathe through it and then welcome it. Um, I'm balls deep in the abyss at this point. Yeah. Well, that's um, it's uh, I used to read a lot of tarot cards, and there are some whenever the devil comes up or whenever death comes up or whenever the tower comes up. They seem very scary because the tower's like, everything's falling apart and falling off the tower and everything's breaking. But that means that change, chaos. And the same thing with death. Death doesn't mean death. It means death of something and change and growth and a birth. And so it isn't necessarily terrible. I think the worst card in the tarot deck is the hanged man when you're upside down because you're in a place of powerlessness Mm. where you're not feeling like you have options to change. Because you're, you're hanging positions where you're just stuck and not able to in get down. Rut. In a rut. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What about the Nine of Swords? I remember that one being kind of rough. Well, although Nine, because um, Nine is, the, is almost the end of a journey. So Ten would be the completion of a large journey, whereas Nine is like, you're almost there. But then Swords are also... Um, like an air, a fire sign. So it's about like, what, what is, I'm trying to remember. Tell me, what do you think I'm remembering? I remember that I owned um, a tarot card, some tarot cards. I did some reading for a party favor, like part of a party favor. Mm -hmm. But um, to be honest, like I have got good at it and occasionally I kind of spook myself. Ooh. Ooh. But I'm not terribly um, suspicious, but I just know that the artistry on the tarot cards were beautiful. Yeah. And when the Nine of Swords came up, it was always seen as something um, scary or negative, and the visual of something with a sword sticking out of it was like, oh, fuck. Ooh. <laughs> really? Well, that's yeah. about, I think that it's about self-sacrifice to get to the end of the journey. Yeah. Because ten is usually brought something to you, and especially if it's from a place of passion, which is swords. Fear and anxiety. Do you have a lot of fear and anxiety? Um, no. Good. I used to, and I try not to make decisions out of fear. Oh, that is pathetic. Not making decisions out of fear. What a waste. Put that on your fridge. 
Well, <coughs> I went through a lot. So I, I do have post-traumatic stress. Oh, I need to say, actually, it's CPT, <laughs> CPTSD, which is complex post-traumatic stress. Um, if you would have met me before I did comedy, I have Work, 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 because yeah. you throw yourself into something and you don't necessarily have to think about yourself if you're focusing on your personal right. projects, like job, job. But um, comedy has really helped me recover my and minimize my my symptoms as well. Um, and I've I've done some therapy and a lot of research and stuff about origins of why PTSD and stuff, um, but. It was really when I decided that I was going to chase my happiness, uh, you know, and it was really a desperate, depressive time when I started comedy, um, but then it became like this beautiful, beautiful thing that was just every time I get on the mic, I felt like that was like a, a visual cue for me for m my life being reclaimed. All right. And you have a, you have a thing coming up, you have a comedy pitch that you're running, what's going on? Oh, it is true. Um, it turns out you don't have to register with the state to start a church. Wow! So I've started a church. It's called Vicarious Traumas um, Church of Comedy. Vicarious Traumas Church of Comedy. Yes. Can people find you online? Um, the online presence is going to kick off April Fool's. Fantastic. And it's not an April Fool's. It's real. <laughs> yeah, it's really, uh, it's like a faith thing. Sure. <laughs> like, whatever you believe. <laughs> so are you going to have speakers that are going to be comedians? Oh, ab I will, I mean, I hope so. Um, absolutely. I have a number of people that are interested in contributing to content, and I want to hear people's stories, because when I talk to them privately, comedy has changed a lot of people's lives yeah. for the better, and yeah. it's really helped them, and you know, there's like a redemption that happens when you have a good set, and that feeling of identity when people are surrounding you laughing, but in a good way. Sure. I mean, that's really rewarding. They're not laughing at me; they're laughing with me, because and because I've I've somehow cultivated that into my life. It's not that like they're laughing at me because I'm stupid or did something weird. It's me asking for the attention and then reciprocating. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's important. Well, when I started comedy, I, I did. How many years ago did you start? <laughs> I started uh, last summer. Oh, okay. So I'm, Not even I'm on my eighth month, I think. All right. But I was doing 26 open mics a month and traveling three to four towns a week. Wow, okay. So whereas, um, uh, and I actually started in Reno like seven year, seven or eight years ago. Wow. But just a couple, a couple times. Do you know John Gallagher from back then? Sounds very familiar. John Gallagher lives here now. No way. Yeah, but he came from he came from Reno, and he's a great comic. He um, he used to run the Tuesday night at OMG. I don't know if he does anymore, but he used to round and he used to do radio quite a bit. He's a great comic. He's really really funny, and he's from uh, Reno. From Reno. Hmm. Years and years ago, you may not have known him, but he's well. I'm sure I've seen him. So a lot has changed. There is when I when when I was doing comedy, it was a place called the Waterfall. And now it's called the library, oh. um, which is just a funny name for a bar. Yeah. 
was like, how do I there? I like the when they call a bar the office, so that <laughs> um, so that men or anybody can say, oh, I'm late at the, I'm staying late at the office. <laughs> and it's so true. And it sound it's so true, and it sounds yeah. good. So much easier. So I, I had started a long time ago. However, um, I went through um, a domestic violence situation. Mm. I was actually a um, criminal justice major. And before I had entered into this relationship, so shortly after my seven years of being single, I had just met the wrong one and was completely abused. Wow. So, um. After seven years of celibacy, you found this person who threw stuff into a van. (laughs) Well, he was losing his spot, and I said, well, I have a four-bedroom, two-bath, come stay with me. And then when it wasn't working out, I was like, you know what, we can still date, because this isn't really working out. And that's when kind of things took a turn for the horrific. And I will say, horrific. So, um, I know, but the great thing is is that I survived. You're still providing him a place to live. Oh, no, I just left my apartment, like, surrendered the apartment, left my apartment, drove to California. Wow. Yeah. It was very serious. Wow. So had broken bones over it. Whoa! Yeah. Whoa! Wow, that's, and so you just said, I'm out of here. Um, yeah. Um, but it was so much harder you, than did that. Did you text him too? Yes. Good. But here's the thing. Yeah. It is. It was so much harder than I thought to leave, and part of that was because what people can't really, well, a lot of people don't understand that when people commit um, violence against you, especially repeatedly and viciously, um, that the victim's brain re- rewires to a primal state and will fight, fight, freeze, or fawn, which are the survival mechanisms. And so um, your mind is working against you. It's like very, um, what is that called? Um, Munchausen? Stock- it's Stockholm, Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Munch- uh, Munchausen by proxy is when you poison the other person because you are you oh like to yeah, take yeah. care of them. Yeah. That's different. But um so, you know, I've and and there's definite truth and um wisdom in that the cycle of violence and everything and you have to check your own codependency and your idealistic relationships and things like that, but truly this guy was like a suspected murderer. Wow. I was never sure. So, charming. But charming. But so you you jumped ship. Oh, yeah, and it was the best decision I'd ever made. But, um, you know, usually when I jump ship for anything, it's like a great decision. Yeah, yeah. Um, But it was completely unplanned, and um, I went through – I had to, like, kind of put my brain back together, and it definitely took some time. The verdict's still out. It just happens. I'm very pleased with the results. Yeah. That makes sense, especially – extricating yourself from a relationship and like trying to figure out am I myself without this relationship what is it yeah there's an intimacy that occurs during violence you know and abuse and and it's funny like you learn things like childhood trauma actually manifests itself in your adulthood things like that but it also um it's it was just really it took a lot of hard work and I'm just really thankful that I've always been self-hypnotic. So it really helps helps with time recovery. Mm. So I'm not into douchebags, nothing like that. Oh, I like love guys with big stones. I have like a 27-year-old daughter who's a stone. It's weird. 
should everyone have a safe word? You know, I think it's a good idea if you're in a sexual relationship with someone, absolutely. Yeah. Just because, I mean, I always tell people my safe words just in case, because if something hurts or I don't like it, I'm going to say cinnamon. <laughs> because, because, <laughs> because no or yes doesn't, it, sometimes it, in the context, it doesn't have as much meaning as this word that you decide at the beginning. This is the word, and if anything goes awry, stop. Right. Well, I think it's good just for, I mean, I don't know. I usually just say hi if it's that, if it's like that, you know. Um, I'm like, hey, long hole, full, something. Right, 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 uh, right. <laughs> I'm like, cinnamon, cinnamon. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Safe words are fun. Yes. Because it's just. But I really, you know, um, a friend and I were talking about what it meant, like, to have kind of that attraction, unhealthy attraction, and what it took for me to kind of get out of it, which I still like bad guys, like, sure, like, I do, you know, but I, I can't give it any serious thought at times, but what I will say is um, I feel like there's definitely something psychologically important going on during this type of time that should be evaluated by the individual participating in it. Um, because I think getting to know yourself and appreciate yourself is important. Yeah. I'm just so vanilla. I'm a fawn. <laughs> I love the nude. Because <laughs> I'm um, in my, it's it's hard. I'm old. How old are you? I'm 42. Oh, wow. I, I thought know. you were a lot younger than me. So kind. Thank you so much. You have no wrinkles. That's what they say, but I trust I, tr I trust they're there. <laughs> no. Well, also, I'm I'm having immaculate degeneration, so I can't see a scalp yet. Oh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that explains so much. Yeah, I, I'm beer goggling <laughs> myself all the time. I'm like, oh, is that what I look like? Okay. I can't I can't even pluck my eyebrows anymore because I have to wear like my my bifocals, my reading glasses, uh -huh. and so I've got to like pull them up and pull them down and try to get hairs off my face. I just can't even. Magnifying mirror. That's what it is. Magnifying mirror. I'm an old crone now. You're I looking hate right. the word crone. I hate it, but it's that's the term they give us when we go through menopause and can't find endorphins in society anymore. Oh, that's absolutely bullshit. I know, but still, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to get old, and with all the sex stuff, you'd think you would get easier, and it you still got it harder. And you're just so much more self-conscious. I feel like ugh, I just can't. I don't know. I don't. I used to not. I haven't shaved for years and years and years. And I just kind of started again. And I'm like, God, am I, am I really doing this? Like, what am I doing? You're having fun with your body hair. I, I wish I, I wish that we could all just. Sometimes I'll just protest shaving my legs and stuff. And that's always when I meet Tony. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I'm never shaved for you. Please. Yeah. Check yeah. it out. Like, I'm not, I'm not into, like, quaffing my body hair. I'm not either. If you find the right person, hell yeah. 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 I hope so. Yeah. No, I'm seriously thinking about doing doing a good long vow of celibacy to just sort of like clean out the cobwebs and figure out <laughs> like what I'm what but then I worry because I'm like I'm getting so old. Soon no one's gonna wanna have sex with me because I'm so old. That's not true. Well the guys I wanna have sex with aren't gonna wanna have sex with me because oh. I'm super young. Well things change. Things change. You, d you don't know what'll be in style. That's true. 
That's the thing I wonder about all this stepmom porn. Are they real stepmoms or are they just really good actors? I don't know, but it really does. I know you're laughing, but I'm like, you know, that really doesn't, that really does circle back around to abuse and how it plays into sex. Does it? I Stepmom so. stuff? Oh, I think so. I don't know. I mean, in part. I just wonder. I, I'm not 100%, but what I will say is um, I wonder if the ripoff is intended to be just like ah, us, brother, sister, stuff, or incest. Oh, stuff. that is the, that's like that's all over the place now. Right. I, I mean, I don't watch porn. I just hear about it from all the jokes of all the guys who vlog with porn. I I just I've never. I think maybe from my religious upbringing, it's something that I was never really exposed to. And then when I was married, my husband was black, and we had a small family, so it was not really known. And so I think I had more privilege. <laughs> no, and so I wasn't like we didn't watch porn or have children because I found out later when I left that like this good black dick was not so big. But oh, I wow. didn't know. I just everyone would always say like, oh, he's black. He's got. He's, I was like, yeah, I see. But I didn't oh, know because I so just didn't wonderful. experience anything else. It was he's great. I bet you he still holds a candle for you for that. Probably. You know what I mean? I was That's like, beautiful. Yeah, great. Also, I'm very, <laughs> I'm very, I have you know shallow vagina, so it just it worked out. Yeah. I don't know why I just put the that on there. Uh, but <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's um, micro penis. It wasn't a micro penis. It just was. I <laughs> when I when I moved to San Francisco and I slept I slept with my first white guy, I was like, oh my god, your dick's enormous. And he was like six inches or six feet. I don't know. And I was like, oh, oh, yeah. But it's just because I never watched porn. But a I think that world. the people that watch, I think that all the kids watching porn since they were 12 didn't have their iPhones. I do think that that perpetuates the harm as well. And I, I, because when you watch enough, like, like, and then I hear guys say, yeah, I beat up that pussy last night. It's like, <laughs> can you, do you have to say it like that? Like, can you say, like, I hang out with a lot of guys. You're like, I've victimized that pussy yeah, last I've night. You know? That's fun. Now you see a joke about that. <laughs> I victimized that pussy last night. I, I got her this morning. I mean, but I think that that's perpetuated through all these visual images that people don't necessarily have context for, or they don't necessarily see it, and and they see it as you do what feels good or whatever, and then you move on. Right. And that's okay. I don't. I definitely don't like shame anyone. I just think there's a psychology to it, and life is a series of ups and downs, obviously. So uh, for me, they're all kind of related to each other, though, as far as like abuse, how it plays out in, you know, childhood abuse to adult relationship abuse to, you know, um, rough sex thing was never anything that I had um, partaken in, but um, coming out of, because the, the lovemaking is, is not nonviolent, yeah. so coming out of the streets of So my mind was just kind of blown day in and day out <laughs> as I was sure. just like, sure. why? I don't get it. Is it Fifty Shades of Grey? What's happening? And because I was in a bubble. And so uh, in a really isolated place. So um, those are things. And since then, 